That's right. They're playing video games for money. And I'm definitely not going to let uh, mass effects in my house. The level of violence on video games. It might be hazardous to physical and mental health. Pokemon World is a world of the demonic. Then there's the argument that video games can be art. They're a world phenomenon. Bing bong. Bing bong. What does that mean? I don't know. Just like, like a, like an open door. Like bing bong. <laughs> you know, like the little what? notifications. Oh, like, like a. Like some stores like, have like convenience. Yeah, stores. like a convenience store. What made you think of that? I don't know. I think it was like Family Guy. I haven't even watched Family Guy in like four years, so I don't understand why I thought of that. That's so Family weird. Guy is like a show that I think I used to think was funny and I liked some <laughs> of their stuff like like the Star Wars parodies they did. Oh, those are funny though. But like I feel like as I got older I just felt like Family Guy was like kind of mean. Oh yeah. Just like a lot like a lot of the humor is just not so much offensive really. I mean some of it is, but it's more of like it's just kind of like mean. But I heard that Seth MacFarlane has a show called The Orville. Oh yeah, he is actually pretty good. I yeah, he does. Um, dude, Seth MacFarlane's a big nerd. Oh, He's I know. Like, then he helped. He helped with Cosmos, I believe, which I love. I love. Oh, Cosmos. that's cool. Um, the Orville is a really weird concept because it starts as like a Star Trek like parody, but mm -hmm. because it's a fully fleshed out TV show, it starts to like build its own world and characters you start to like and stuff. And after a while, it starts to, like, become not so much a parody of just, like, goofy jokes and stuff, but it kind of becomes, like, its own grounded, like, version of Star Trek with emotional arcs and characters that you care about and stuff. Oh, that's Which so I think weird. It, yeah, it is, but it's, like, I think that's naturally what happens if you, if you invest enough time and effort and skill into and story into something that starts as a parody. Exactly. Um, you know, actually, is a kind of a weird comparison to that, though. Hmm. Um, Rick and Morty, actually. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, like you know how it has all these parody and even like improv stuff, but like it has its like own world building essentially because it's all it's not just all like one off shows or one off episodes. Right. They're all like kind of linked, and I don't know. I just kind of got that like a weird comparison like that, but um, I mean, it makes sense too. I mean. <laughs> you know, you might not like the fan base and everything, but I actually genuinely do like Rick and Morty because yeah. I think it's I think it's a well written cartoon. I I truly do, and I I love um, what's his face, Justin Roiland and stuff. They're super fun. But this I, is I, the this is the one with the uh like the the scientist wacky yes. grandpa guy. Okay, cool. I've seen a few episodes of this. Uh, it's it's great. There's this uh one episode. Where it's just all improv, highly recommend it. It's so fucking hilarious. I I just remember watching that episode and just dying of laughter because you could like hear them like laugh when they say oh. a joke. Because like, um, and they don't keep anything like, or they don't like edit anything out of it. It's just uh -huh. like all. So they just like say whatever comes to their head and they just animate it for their like. Wait, wait, is this is this how they do the show normally or is this a no. special? Oh, so like oh, okay. they have um, there's like intergalactic or interdimensional TV there. So like oh. sometimes they'll just like sit down and watch it, and okay. like every like TV episode is completely improv. 
So like they just like come. <laughs> oh, come so it's head. like a little show within the show. Yeah, like little TV shows, and like they did an entire episode of like intergalactic TV where like Morty is just uh -huh. watching TV, and it's just like a bunch of weird <laughs> episodes, and like it was so funny. My favorite one was like, um, there's this fake door salesman. So like he sells real fake doors. So like they're doors that lead to nowhere, and he's just like talking about like. Oh, come on down, real fake doors, and you can buy all these stores and stuff. And then, like, all of a sudden, he just, like, stops, and then, like, leaves, goes to his car, goes on the freeway, and, like, this is all in the same commercial, where he's like, what the hell is happening? Like, we could see him getting his car, and he's going home now. <laughs> like, and I don't know, it's just, like, stuff like that, it's just... Oh, no. I, I think funny. improv is so funny. Anyway, I guess we should. Okay, welcome to Hip this podcast Pals, is about by Rick and Morty. <laughs> it's uh, it's just uh, I'm Travis Lee, and it's just me and and Caleb today. Hello, welcome. We're chilling, but we're just chilling. Let's see what's what's in my notes. Uh, we're gonna talk about some games that we've been playing and a little bit of gaming news as usual, and we'll just see where things go. I guess, Caleb. You've been playing a game called Spec Ops The Line. Spec Ops The Line is the game that I've been playing, yes. It has been a ride, that's for sure. Um, do you know much about Spec Ops The Line but besides much that I've told you? Uh, just like some basic... I just read a few reviews and, and mm -hmm. stuff, so I know a little bit. So let me get the negatives out of the way. This is like a review from a 2012 game for essentially the podcast. Oh, okay. Wait, hang <laughs> no, on. Can I just ask why? Okay, let me ask before you start. What, what made you decide to start playing Spec Ops? Well, I got it for 50 cents. <laughs> and I've always, I've always just seen things on like YouTube and just Wait, is this, is this something you just picked up or is it just no, kind of I've, sitting I've around? No, I've had it. Because, oh, okay. I mean, yeah. I have a ton of games. Like, well, I also have Spec Ops sitting around. I haven't played it though. It's, um, it's very interesting because um, I've just heard a lot of things about it in general. Like my, my buddy is always like, yeah, dude, I, I remember when I was little and I played this game like 2012, not little, but like, you know, um, a lot younger. I should say and um i don't know it's it's always just been like something that i needed to play because i i see like media outlets talking about like top 10 like um choices that you had to make in video games and top 10 things you know um a lot of spec ops alliance seems to have like a pretty cult following um my i'm gonna just get this out of the way if you guys if ever played it or plan on playing it, the controls, oh man, you're just gonna have to get past that. There's been so many times in the game where I'm just like, oh boy. Can you just kind of set up the game for us? Yeah, so essentially the premise of the game is you play as these soldiers from the 33rd Infantry, that's what they're called, and they're stationed in Dubai. There's three guys, and their mission is to rescue any survivors. Um... Essentially what happens is it just seems like a regular war game, like war rescue, you know, you just go to a place, you got to rescue your teammates, but then everything starts to unfold and there's just like, it's just really crazy. Like you, you, it's nothing like if you've never heard or played this game before, it's nothing like you expect it to go for a run of the mil military shooter thing. Um, 
Uh, There's a couple things. So <clears throat> it takes place in Dubai. I think we should maybe mention that based on what I've read, it's it's like a weird like war torn or like apocalyptic sort of Dubai. Yes. So from like the story unfolding and stuff, there was like a revolution starting in Dubai. And, um, yeah, it's like war torn. Dubai is like torn to shreds. So there's just like basically just well, has ruins. it been battered by war or has it been battered by sandstorms because i read it was sandstorms yeah it was sandstorms and um you find out um later on about the war stuff i mean it's pretty prevalent through the game um okay. it's not a spoiler don't worry either if you plan on playing this game that came out but no what, i think you can um and i'll play the game but i'm not super worried about spoilers yeah. so aside from any like major anything that you would consider like life altering i i think it would be cool to just <laughs> talk about spoilers yeah but regardless like there's what is it there's four different endings which is re really interesting for me especially for like a third person shooter mm -hmm. um and yeah there's a lot of interesting choices you have to make but so it turns so out that this game of an interesting choice or just go with whatever you were saying when i interrupted you I don't wait, know. wait what, what were you saying i said uh can you give me an example of an interesting choice well for example there was like one part in the game where um this guy that was on the radio um told you that if you don't kill um one guy or another guy then um your squad dies and you die or something like that or they both die and so, like, there's different options you could take with that. You could shoot the rope down, or you could, like, shoot one of them, or, you know, don't shoot any of them. This and... is someone on your own squad? No, these are just two rant. So, there was one time where I encountered um, these two guys that were strung up mm -hmm. by rope from their hands. And this guy on this intercom said, all right, you have to... One guy stole water, the other guy um, went to save this guy or to arrest this guy but ended up killing that guy's family so you have to choose um to kill one or the other okay kind of thing so Wait, you know is, so there's like he's just like forcing you to yes so what i did was i decided to shoot the rope and yeah um but it turns out in the game that a lot of the stuff that you're seeing actually wasn't real and it was absolutely crazy finding all that stuff out because i was like man so this guy is just corrupting all of dubai yada yada and then like turns out this guy doesn't even exist i was like whoa what the hell like this is some crazy storytelling for a mm -hmm. like low budget game like this game it took me what four hours to beat like oh, so it was, wow. it was relatively really short. short yeah um but i mean you know it was a really good story so i i didn't mind i don't mind the short especially like a 50 cent price tag <laughs> right so i'd say it's well worth it and especially i i definitely want to see the other like endings that you could get to so that's so what is I it about do. the game that makes it like well would you is this a game that people should play Yes, definitely. Um, I think it gives good insight onto like PTSD, especially, and like not every war game has to be a, you know, good guy saves the world war game. 
Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's and plus plus Nolan North voices the main character, so I mean, come on, come on. <laughs> so would you say is the game kind of like a commentary on like social issues or like war in general? Um, I guess you could say it's like a commentary on like war crimes, maybe a commentary on especially PTSD. Um, I'd say more PTSD than that, though. So, How does it portray PTSD then? Uh, just illusions, seeing things and making choices that aren't actually, you know, there. Seeing what war can do to a person, uh, mentally especially. Um, hmm. it just kind of reflects on that because, like, a majority of the time, like, there was this choice you had to make to like, um, fight these. These people that you thought were the 33rd, but it turns out they were like, quote unquote, rogue. And you were fighting them, but it turns out they were harboring civilians. And they were saving the civilians. And you ended up killing all the civilians with phosphorus. Oh, okay. So you killed like 47 innocent people. Because you didn't know what was necessarily going on. And yeah, it was, it was just like really tough choices, really crazy things happening. Interesting. Yeah, it was, oh man, like, as, as short of a story as it was, like, it's very impactful, I'd say. Right. Like, so, <clears throat> it's very few games where I look past the gameplay and just in awe at the story and, like, because, I mean, if, if it has bad gameplay and bad story, obviously you're just going to be like, why would I even play this game? If it has good, play, good gameplay, bad story, I mean, you still want to play it, like, for example, Doom, right? There's a lot of memorable games, memorable games that have um, poor story but good gameplay. But I mean, uh, actually, a good example too would be like the, <laughs> the Witcher Three. Gameplay is uh-huh. kind of eh a little bit, but story is right. fantastic. So it's what keeps me playing it, honestly. So I'm uh, I'm someone who has played several of the uh, Call of Duty series campaigns because mm-hmm. um, I know like. I, I think the majority of like Call of Duty fans are they're, they're there mostly for the multiplayer. Um and I'm someone who like has essentially never touched Call of Duty multiplayer. Um but it's it's interesting to me because they are these huge like AAA games that they come out every year and there's like a new setting and story every year, I guess except for this year, I guess. There was no campaign oh, yeah. in Black Ops 4. Nope. Um but yeah, I have I've played several of the the Call of Duty stories just to kind of experience um a story that I don't expect to be super good um and also just to kind of experience like over the how top these action. games have evolved over the years and like graphically and narratively and such. And there's a few entries that have uh surprised me like uh, Advanced Warfare. I was Oh yeah, I was going to say by, that by, like... by how good it was. Yeah. Uh, the story. I was really yeah, I was really intrigued by that. My my favorite one is still uh Call of Duty World at War. Oh yeah. But of I, I've I've I also really like the uh the Modern Warfare series and, and those games say or those games they seem like they have things to say about war. Like they are first person shooters and so all of the action is revolving around essentially you feeling cool with a gun. Um, and those games wouldn't work if that wasn't the case, but it's it's a little goofy because there there are games like Advanced Warfare that weave these intricate plots and and have things to say about like the horrors of war, 
Oh, yeah. Um, and then Advanced Warfare, not so much because it's like speculative future type stuff that goes into like robots but, and stuff like that. But like the Modern Warfare games, I mean, there's the there's the famous or or infamous uh, No Russian mission. Oh yeah. In which you are a um, everyone knows this mission. I don't know why I have to go over this. Uh, I don't. But uh, you are a uh, you're an undercover U.S. Uh, Special Forces operative, I believe. And you have infiltrated this group of terrorists, um, and the mission just has you in an airport with the other terrorists, and you are tasked with just following them along and maintaining your cover by gunning down civilians in the airport. Um, and so th- th- that's, a, that's a mission, I think, in particular that like is very uncomfortable to play. But most of the Call of Duty series is like it'll say things every once in a while, like World War Two um, gives you like a, a look at civilians dying and and how World War Two like destroyed so many cities lives, and people's generally. lives and stuff. But at the same time, it still has you doing like these sick action, quick time events and stuff, and yeah. and watching people do really cool things. So it's like it, it's a it's a game that, uh, or it's a series that relies on the horrors of war to to sell itself, to sell copies, and to mm-hmm. sell experiences. And I guess I, I, I guess my question would be like, how do you see Spec Ops on that sort of, or Spec Ops the Line? I guess because there's a whole series of Spec Ops Spec Ops games, but um, Spec Ops the Line, where does that kind of fit in in this? I guess. There's another I, I I never got to the opposite end, which is like I, I think from what I've seen of The Last of Us, it's like it's not oh, yeah. a game where the gunplay or anything is meant to feel cool, you know? No, it's meant to make make you like realize what you're doing to a human being. Right. <laughs> which is like really interesting to me. Um and I I love that game. It's a fantastic game. But um Yeah, so with Spec Ops the Lion, um yeah, the gunplay is nothing crazy. Like you, you have a ton of guns, and like it's it's more of a, along the lines of that, like you know, Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I think is interesting about it is it actually kind of shows like what you're doing to like mass amounts of people. Um, like you have an option to like you know execute people that are on the ground and stuff, but like they 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 like exaggerate the like um, I I don't know like the deaths. I'd say not necessarily uh-huh. the deaths, but like. Um, when you when you shoot somebody and like quote unquote kill them, sometimes they'll be like crawling on the ground, like choking or like gasping for air and like stuff oh, okay. like that. So they give you like hints of that throughout the game and like what you're doing to like cities, what you're doing, um, throughout like that. And um, I don't know. I just started noticing a lot of it, and I'm like, shit. Like, I don't know. They they give you these cool guns that give you like this crazy amounts of firepower stuff, but then it makes you feel like a piece of shit at the end. <laughs> so like it's interesting because um yeah, you get to be this like cool guy superhero war character, um, but it doesn't portray you as a hero at the end, you know? Like Right. It's just, it's, it specifically wants you to think about the actions that you took in the game. Yeah. And like it it really shows too. So um I could I'd say it has some similarities to that like I guess Call of Duty's lines but like the stakes are 
it's what you've done like what you did because right. of your um illusions and ptsd and all that stuff and um i think it's very interesting and i'd say it's a little different than even just like one of the milk quality um so uh, uh, aside from that this the gunplay was kind of <laughs> at the same time cool like it, well that's interesting i will need to play through it did you want to talk about uh the darkness too a little bit oh yes 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 okay oh yes the darkness too so this is a game at the same so i i actually streamed through um mm -hmm. all of spec ups the line in two streams i think just kind of cool <laughs> but yeah, um short game yeah and i beat spec ups the line and then i immediately started the darkness too so the only kind of like backstory I know with the Darkness Two is it's a comic. I don't think it's a DC comic. I think it's like a, a different type. Not Marvel. Not DC. It was something else. I totally forgot. Um, and I played the demo for it when it came out on the 360 a long time ago. I always wanted to buy it. I always wanted to play it, but I just never did. Cause I had I had a limited amount of choices with my games back then. So I had mm -hmm. to I had to be picky. So I chose Sonic Riders instead. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, so The Darkness 2, what I love about it, like, what I absolutely love about it is its gameplay. Like, even now, right now, it holds up because of its unique gameplay style. So, essentially, you're, like, quad-wheeling. So, you got, you could dual-wield weapons and then also have your tentacle guys. So, um... There's like executions and um so from what I know of a little bit of the backstory of the darkness is like in the darkness world and universe, like the Big Bang consisted of um the stuff called quote unquote darkness and it's like kind of like this demonic entity entity mm -hmm. and um they kinda like they just feed off of human hosts and take them over and that's how they survive. Literally can't be in light. This sounds anyway, like Venom. It's essentially, it's similar to Venom, but it's like they give them like demonic powers rather than like you know the symbiote and space alien powers. Yeah, um, and um, he has these little tentacle things that talk to you, and in order to survive in the game and like get health back, you actually have to eat the hearts of the corpses you killed. And it kind of like consumes him and um, tells him to do all this stuff and sometimes does it on its own. and Similar to Venom, yeah, but um, he also has these like illusions. Like this, there's this little monkey, this British monkey that runs around and helps him out. Uh, th why is the monkey British? I have no clue. <laughs> so he talks. Yeah. And oh, he also okay. calls, he calls you monkey, which I always thought was funny. Oh, the He's monkey like, is a talking british monkey and he calls you monkey yeah he's like come okay. here monkey and i got this ability where i can pick him up and throw him and he'll just start like devouring enemies wait but... is the monkey part of the part of the 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 demon yeah i believe so oh okay i i, I need to like read up on the lore if somebody's like listening but to they this have different this... voices uh the what is it the the tentacle things that are connected to you have different voices, I believe. They're both voiced by the same voice actor, but the monkey thing has its own voice. I 
I don't necessarily like know too much about it. Okay. I, I need to do some more like research, but like, um, it's super interesting. Like I said, and I I like Jackie's character. He's just like this edgy mafia boss. <laughs> Jackie's the, the main, main character. character. Yeah, Jackie Estacada. He's a mafia boss, and his girlfriend died, and you have like a lot of illusions of her, and you know stuff like that. And I think I think the a, a mob killer. I don't know. So essentially, you're playing like an anti-hero in the game too, which is kind of cool. Ha. Huh. But I highly recommend it. The gameplay is so satisfying. Like, I think that game came out in what 2012, 2011, and yeah, it's still, it still holds up really well. I was genuinely surprised. I was like, holy crap! Like, damn. Satisfying. It probably helps that like the the graphic style is that cell shaded look, mm-hmm. um, because like I I feel like uh like Wind Waker has that look and Wind Waker still holds up today as far yeah. as the the graphic style. Whereas other games you can boot up and be like, what? Why? Why, why did I think this ever looked good? <laughs> exactly, and it's weird because like. You had your kid mind kind of like warped how games look for you because they looked so real back in the day. And now you're just like, wow, what is this? Yeah. As you're looking at the rubber, incredible characters, like from the movie Incredibles. <laughs> don't watch that movie in HD, by the way. Just, just don't, don't do it. Just only what, watch it. The original it. Incredibles? Yeah, don't don't watch it. In oh, HD. are you saying like that doesn't really hold up? No. It's it, been a while since I've watched it, so like. Yeah, if you ever movie. watch it in like HD or anything like that, it looks so weird. It looks like <laughs> rubber. It's I know it's... like there's there's some new Toy Story 4 footage out today and uh I I've seen comparisons of like the humans in Toy Story 4 to like original Toy Story and yeah. original Toy Story humans are just really frightening looking at this point. Dude, they are. It's weird. It's um, super there's weird. also there's a teaser uh, with a with a cat in Toy Story Four, and someone posted a still of the cat alongside the dog from Toy Story One. What? And it's, uh, it's just a mess today to look at that dog from Toy Story One. <laughs> I couldn't like, imagine. I, I, <laughs> I haven't seen those movies in forever, but like, I just I remember thinking they looked amazing. Like, they did look... Well, I mean, to be fair, also, for our time when we were watching that, they did look amazing, but technology is getting better, so then we always compare it to the the better technology, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure if we look back at games released this year, like, in 10 or 15 years, we'll probably feel the same way. No, exactly. And then it'll get to the point where it starts to precede reality, and then we have ex- existential crises and start to forget like what reality is and then that's when world war three happens i'm just kidding yeah (laughs) well when do you think that video games will like start to like look essentially like real life when do you think i don't know because there's a lot of debate about that and there's a lot of debate about like can that even happen like will we ever be able to see something as like there's this term that's like photo real that is thrown around a lot Mm -hmm. and um like I think a lot of environment stuff is already at that point. Yeah. Um. Like you can look at completely computer generated uh, environments um, and not be able to tell 
that they're computer generated and think they were just like a photograph. But um, I I think people have continued to keep trying to get uh people in games and in animation to to look up to or to to get up to that same standard of photoreal. I don't think they have got they they haven't gotten there yet, and I I don't know when they will or if they will. Um, honestly, honestly, I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna say like 25 years. Sure, honestly, like, yeah, into the into the that sort of far future. Yeah, so I, not anything like soon, but like, I'd say like, just just how far we've advanced with our like graphics and kind of animations with everything that we have now compared mm-hmm. to what it was 10 years ago, compared to what it was 20 years ago. This is what video games really started like thirty years ago, essentially, and look at how they were then compared to now. So it's like, if if we put that to perspective, and like, so like thirty years from now, mm-hmm. it should be like that essentially, if we're calculating from you know like Mario to, um, what's the best game graphically you could think of right now? God of War. God of War is really good. Um, it's animations and everything, and huh. I was replaying Spider Man the other day, and uh, Doc. Oh, me too. Like, got up in the camera's face, and he—you can see. All, well, okay, when he's that close, like he, he's not as photo real, but like it's a very detailed model, and like you can see like all the like little divots and pores in his, in his uh, like the bridge of his nose, which is yeah. essentially where the camera was framed. Which I don't know that that was. I don't know that that was a good shot selection. It was a little bit goofy, but, um, but yeah, it's like I'm looking at that in like this on this 4K HDR rendering of Doc Ock, and it's like there's so much detail put into these things nowadays. It's, it's exactly, it's and it's like compared, like I said, compared to like 30 years ago, like they, <laughs> you you could say that people thought Mario looked realistic back in the day. Because there's probably but people Mario that thought it just did. isn't like proportioned correctly to to look like a real <laughs> no, person. No, I know. I I'm 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 exaggerating. Like I there there might have been people who thought like because obviously there was not even close to anything like this or like video games we have today back in the day. But um, I mean, all they they didn't really have much to compare it to, really. Right. Like, what do you have to compare Mario to in the '80s? Um can't really compare it to movies because what is it a very story driven thing (laughs) i mean i imagine mario is kind of modeled to be very cartoony and uh, maybe if anything they would have referenced like cartoons which draw people in goofy proportions um so if anything i i would think that maybe people looked at mario and they probably didn't say like he looks like a real person but it was probably like he looks like a like a cartoon from a tv show or something yeah exactly but and like comparing it to now, like we have like actual like um, actors that come into video games and act out scenes and do actual like um, work with, or they don't do the CGI themselves, obviously. Obviously, but like you know, they become a CGI person. Yeah. In a video game, for example, even like the most recent example, that one dude that plays the Joker, that's in um, the new Star Wars game or whatever. Like, it's weird, because, you know, even just, like, 10 years ago, they were just really voice actors. And... 
Oh, uh, Jedi Fallen Order, and the, the it took me a second. I was like, "What are yeah, you talking about?" Yeah, yeah, Jedi about? Fallen Order. Um, no, not, I shouldn't even say ten years ago. I should say like fifteen years ago. Ten years ago, we had like Halo and Halo Three and um, Modern Warfare Two, but like fifteen years ago, they didn't have like they didn't model people after like real people. Essentially, like you could probably say for a couple games they did, but like not like they do now. Is what I mean, like. You can't look at a game that was that came out in like two thousand two and be like, oh yeah, that 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 character was modeled after this person or actor. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, um, and nowadays, like, for example, uh, Advanced Warfare, Kevin, Sp right. uh, I mean Kevin Spacey. I mean, we're talking about Kevin Spacey here, but aside right, from the point, yeah. um, I I, pl I played that game after yeah. that <laughs> yeah. stuff too, so like it was just weird. <laughs> Um, Especially when he like gets up in your face and like says sinister things to you in a soft <laughs> voice. Yeah, um, but I mean that's aside from the point. Regardless, it, you could tell that's Kevin Spacey. Like it looks oh, yeah. exactly like him. That is Kevin Spacey's like um, model. That's what he looks like in real life, and you can tell that. Uh, in two thousand two, there wasn't even enough pixels to tell if that was a human. I'm just kidding. right. Yeah, that's another exaggeration, but. It's just kind of getting to that point, and like we're actual it's, actors. It's gone from act less of like themselves. a representation where you have to lend your imagination, like yeah, to, exactly, to, to, to immerse yourself. And now it's more of like this is like a rendering of of this person. And I feel like we like Cameron Moynihan is in Jedi Fallen Order now, and I think we're probably gonna keep seeing more and more. I mean, there's already several instances of that that I'm just blinking on right now of like. Hollywood or like film and TV actors um, coming into video games and contributing not just their voice acting anymore, but also their likeness and their motion capture. Um, and I, I would imagine that we might see a little bit of like more blending of of like actors in I, like I this is kind of my hope, I guess, is that like like traditional Hollywood actors as video games continue to evolve will maybe start to see them as more of like a viable medium that they can maybe like transition back and forth to uh you, you uh, know what you know what i thought is actually a lot of people thought the same thing too but like um i'd say red dead redemption 2 was actually mm -hmm. a great point for that because i'd say red dead redemption 2 was like just so pivotal in like our our mediums of um tv books and bringing video games to like kind of the cinematic cine cinematography uh how would you say it? um just kind of giving the the giving game a cinematic like a, like feel. a traditional like yeah like a like a movie feeling cuz people from like all generations were playing that game and like it just it was just super interesting cuz it wasn't like a cheesy you know cowboy shooter or anything like that this right this this story packed so much like emotion and it was like the thing i liked about it was it was a very mature game what i mean by mature is like not you know blood and guts and sex and boobies no not like that it's more like you know you you have a family to take care of kind of thing yeah like, like it's you, a it's a game that it takes its story as seriously as like a dramatic film would take its story exactly and like it's kind of cool to see games start to do that like you know, everyone 
that doesn't necessarily play games. I shouldn't say everyone, but like I'm just gonna go ahead and just generalize. Um, a lot of people that don't play games that think of games think of them as just like you know these childish things where, um, you know you shoot something or whatever. I'm just gonna give like the most basic generalization, sure. but they don't realize that like you know, um, they pack so much story to them. There's so much, so many things you could do with a game compared to a movie, compared to a TV show, and compared to a book even. Um, it's its own medium, and it's very, 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 very prevalent in nowadays that it's taken over. I mean, you could, you could argue that it's like one of the most profitable <laughs> mediums in general. I mean, you know how much money the, the video game industry makes every year? Jeez. I mean, I think you, it, some of it has to do with, like, the way... Uh, tech, no, the way technology has evolved over time and has let you go from, like, whereas there was, like, the one of the first 3D, like, fully 3D, game, 3D games, uh, Super Mario 64, where you're th this weirdly proportioned plumber who kind of jumps around in this, like, surreal environment to, like, now we have The Last of Us with... It's trying to do this like photo real look. It's trying to look kind of like a movie and treat its story like as seriously as like a dramatic film does. And you couldn't, I mean, you couldn't have done that with games in like the N64 era. Yeah. Um, like, I'm not saying like there's certainly there's there's games with lower uh like technology uh <laughs> capability thresholds. Like Celeste is a is a game that is just kind of a. I, I started playing Celeste this weekend. It's just a 2D game. It's just like pixelated graphics and um it's just a very simple look, but it also has a story that's not goofy. It's like a serious story. So I'm not saying that you yeah. can't do I'm not saying you can't do serious dramatic storytelling unless you have like a AAA studio and motion capture and people and stuff, but I think it certainly makes it more uh accessible to different audiences who yeah, yeah. may not have come across it before and I think it's a cool way for like someone to come across footage of Red Dead Redemption 2 or The Last of Us or something and say like wow this like this looks like a movie and maybe this person didn't really think of video games as a medium that could do that sort of storytelling thing before even though they could well i i guess sort of my thing is like i'm talking about like um games that strive to be like photorealistic yeah um just in general like obviously you're going to have different types of games and art styles games and stuff i mean same with cinematography but um like you're, you're gonna have like games that want to be animated like pixar movies you're gonna have games that want to be like as realistic as possible you're gonna have games that are gonna want to be hand drawn and stuff cuphead for example yeah perfect um but like i don't know i'm just excited to see at the same time i'm not super excited because from what the game industry is going to um, I don't know if we'll necessarily get that at the same time. It's like, maybe we'll get, like, crazy cool graphics and stuff, but not, like, the single-player experiences like we're used to. Right. Because just how a lot of industries has been going, um, especially with, like, the EA route and, and such. I mean, who knows? That might change with Jedi Fallen Order. That might completely change and might completely change everything. So let's just stay hopeful. But uh, I... At the same time, I really just hope that nothing happens to the single player stories. I really hope. 
Multiplayer games are great, and that's what separates a little bit of the medium of video games and other forms of medium entertainment, but I just hope single-player games don't die. I don't think yeah, they I th will. Th I, I think we'll continue to see a lot of good <clears throat> single-player games. I think, I, I think there's kind of been this idea of, like, single-player games are kind of dying. There was, like, that wacky, like, Bethesda save single-player games uh, a campaign sort of, like, advertising route they took, I think. Well, that was, that was good, though. Last year, one of the Game Awards. But, I mean, there, there's still a lot of single-player games being made, and I think it's just, uh, I, I think it's just, like, the share AAA. of what people are talking about. Like, yeah. people talk a lot about Fortnite and, like, other games that are that are constantly getting updates and evolving and are very multiplayer-focused, uh, very... Um, also free-to-play. Yeah, yeah, very, like, profit-focused, and then I, I think some of these, like, single-player experience games don't get as much attention, but I think they still exist, is is my main point, is, like, th they're still there, and they still get talked about, they still get acclaimed, and they still get reviewed. I think it's just a matter of, like, the tastes of the broader audience, and now you have this generation of kids who have grown up playing Fortnite, and maybe haven't been as exposed to some of the single player experience focused type games which is kind of what i grew up with like knights of the old republic and stuff um mm -hmm. yeah should we take a quick break and then we can come back and talk about this city of heroes story only if you want to travis okay <laughs> all right we'll be right back you guys <laughs> I read a story today, uh, not today, this week. I don't know why I started like that. We're off to a great start. Uh, welcome back. <laughs> we were looking at the moon. Yeah. Um, so I read a story this week about a game called City of Heroes, which is an MMO that was shut down in 2012. Um, I don't know if you ever had an MMO that you played. Um... I believe I did. There was a long time ago I played Adventure Quest Worlds, actually. And oh, yes, okay. that's an MMO. Yes. I'm not, I'm, I'll argue to the day I die. But yeah, it was, it was pretty fun. Um, kind of. I've, like, I've made characters in several MMOs that are, like, both paid and free, but I've never stuck to any because just something about the formula of an MMO just doesn't resonate with me. And also I didn't grow up with MMOs Yeah. or I specifically, I didn't really grow up with like functional internet. So I didn't really have <laughs> access to uh, MMOs. And like, I would hear it was like my friends at school and stuff talk about like runescape was the big thing uh, oh, yeah. at, at that time. And it was like, that was something I couldn't play. Like one of my friends like convinced me to like try it, even though I, I didn't, uh, even though I knew it wasn't going to work. But like, we, I tried it with like with him, and like, it was, I I was able to do some things. It just it was clearly not the way that it was intended to be experienced. Oh, so, oh, the years of like trying to download big <laughs> games on my shitty laptop and just fucking up everything. Right. So I mean, that might be part of why I like don't really, uh 
play MMOs. Um, I, I probably the one that I played the most was Elder Scrolls Online. I just, but even that, I just, I played a little of it, and then I went like, this is a cool novelty. Like, I like the world of Tamriel and stuff, but I'm not gonna stick around and do all these absurd quests that don't amount to anything. But I, for the people who do play MMOs, like it's it's what I understand is like it's all about this experience of living in a world with all these different people and people have made mm-hmm. a lot of like friends in these worlds. Um, and for people who like really played one MMO, like city of heroes, that was something that like they became very attached to. Like it was like a, like a second life for them. <laughs> I I mean, there's like there's Star Wars Galaxies, which uh, upset a lot of people when it shut down. City of Heroes upset a lot of people when it shut down, um, and it's just so interesting to think about because I like I'm a I I guess I think of myself as like a like a variety gamer. Like I'm not attached to any one game. I just play a bunch of different games because I want to experience all these different games, and I think that's what you do too, Caleb. Hmm. Um. Yeah. But there are all of these different people out there who they 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 spend so much time and they live in these like singular games, and so they have these very personal experiences with these games and these MMOs, whether it's like City of Heroes or Wizard One Hundred One or oh, whatever. Oh my God, dude! You just sparked the deepest crevice of my brain right now. Oh uh, what? Oh my! <laughs> I used to play the shit out of Wizard One Hundred One. I don't remember why. I, like what? Didn't that up. Yes. Dude, I played Wizard One Hundred One so much. You did. Yeah, I. Oh man, at least I tried to, anyways. But, um, yeah, I guess like my biggest thing is like, so I grew up with like essentially two of those types of games, um, and my biggest drawback every time was just like the friends I made with it. Yeah. Um, because they all have like essentially just similar interests, <laughs> and it's kind of a side. Uh, side note about when I played Adventure Quest, but it was um, not necessarily on the topic of MMOs, but I, I made a character, and my username was Call of Duty Master 45. That's and, solid. <laughs> and what I would do is I would go into servers, and I would tell everybody that I was max prestige, and I was really good. And um, I was only, like, prestige one. And I was, like, not very good at the game. And I don't know why I did that, but I would just go into servers and just tell people that. Oh, so, so you were just like, a troll. Yeah, that's what I was. And then they're like, oh, it's sick. Yeah, add me. And I was like, oh, and then I just leave. <laughs> that's just what I remember about it. And then I finally was like, what am I doing? Like, so then I What was just were like, you yeah. doing? Was that the only thing you did in this game? Yeah, actually. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Uh, <laughs> just like make multiple characters. There's like Call of Duty Master 46, 47. Yeah, so that number signifies how many accounts I made, actually. <laughs> just kidding. Um, but no, it. I don't know why I played that game so much, though. Because like, it's literally just a click um, turn-based, not even a good turn-based RPG. MMO, MMORPG, sorry. Um, had a brain fart. But, like, yeah, I don't know why. I, I literally paid for it at one point. I paid mm-hmm. a subscription for it. And I just, like, think back on it. and like, I don't know why I did that. Because, like, it was fun. Especially for, like, 
uh, like I said, the sense of community and stuff. Right. But I mean, you could almost say that about like any game that's any community. <laughs> well, I I think it, I I think that uh, MMOs kind of gravitate towards that more just because of the framework that they're built in, yeah. which is like you have hundreds potentially of people in one online space together and they can communicate and they can go on adventures together. They can get on discord and be in voice chat together nowadays. Um, yeah, exactly. Like, that's, that's cool and stuff, but I just have yet to find one that like actually feels, I don't know, like not grindy and decent in a, as a video game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that makes sense. Like I, I was really excited to try Elder Scrolls online actually, which I did buy. Because um, when it first came out, everyone was like, oh, this game sucks. And then I was like, oh, no, I want it to be good. And so then I saw some recent reviews on it again. They're like, oh, yeah, go get this game. It's badass now. It's amazing. Yeah, there's so like I played new expansion it. packs coming out every once in a while. Yeah, which is cool. Like, cool, great for the community and stuff. But, sure. like, for somebody that never really played MMOs. But I, the thing is, I do love RPGs mm-hmm. um, in general. But for somebody that's never really, like, got super into, like, MMOs in general, it's like, I don't know, they, they feel weird now, because essentially all of them, like, try to strive to be, like, what World of Warcraft is still. Yeah, there isn't right? much that, like, really diverges from that template. They all no. kind of feel like they are reskins of the same game. It's super bizarre to me. Like, I never played World of Warcraft, but I do respect for what it did to the gaming community and, like, what it is as a game in general. Like, obviously, I um, probably won't get into it at any time, but, um, like, a lot of the MMOs in general just try to, I feel like, strive to be what World of Warcraft is, and I just don't feel like any have, like, done that or will ever do that. Um, off the top of my head, anyways, this is some, some coming from somebody that doesn't really play MMOs, but um, yeah. And with that being said, it's like, w- when will there be an MMO that like tries to be its own thing? You know, right. um, I guess essentially the closest thing to like what MMOs are today is essentially is like battle royales, I guess, because it's just a mass amount of people just in the same lobby just trying to kill each other. Though it's a different right. thing. Um, um, so let me see if I can get to the story that I got sidetracked on. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. So the, uh, the city of heroes community basically, uh, is, well, the, the game doesn't exist anymore. It shut down in 2012, but it left behind like a, a pretty devastated community. Um, much mm-hmm. like if you've ever heard stories about like, for instance, Star Wars galaxies shutting down and the, uh, emotion that there was ar- around that and the community that still kind of. It exists and there's like fan servers and stuff set up and um so city of heroes um i i some of the things that people have tried to do to keep city of heroes alive or like make like little fan clones and stuff but there hasn't really ever been a um like a kind of like what star wars galaxies has like a like a dedicated fan project to like keeping it alive of course it's not that Star Wars Galaxy's project isn't in the same... Well, I'm just getting sidetracked. Let me get to the story. Yeah. Um, I know, no, you're, you're good. I <laughs> sidetracked a lot. <laughs> um, so the City of Heroes community is really angry because they have discovered, uh, thanks to someone leaking some information, that there has been a secret uh, City of Heroes like server 
that has been uh, in existence for the past six years. And it has just kind of caused the City of Heroes Reddit and the extended like City of Heroes community to voice a lot of anger um, after learning that like a couple thousand people have been like living in this game that they that was like really dear to them and that they they miss um and this there's been this like secret exclusive server that has been using what is believed to be like the original city of heroes like source code and stuff and it's been exist mm -hmm. in, in existence since like i i don't know how long it's been in existence but the game has been shut down since 2012 and this secret server has uh potentially existed for like the past six years and so it was a really, like, devastating re revelation to this whole no, community. I, I, when... would, I would be upset about that, too. Jeez, like, you invest all this time into something, and also not knowing about something like this, especially, and then hearing it's getting shut down, it's like, damn, you know? Yeah, so someone had come out and leaked this information with screenshots and information about this uh, basically ousting this this secret like community that existed on these on the secret server um, talking about how he he was invited to it after like he had posted some content about his city of heroes experience or something someone had invited him to join this and he like partook in it for a couple of years but i guess he pretty much just like felt bad about it he he said he 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 felt weird he felt like it was wrong that this existed and that it was so exclusive and that all of these fans and members of the community were left out of this experience. And so he just kind of ousted uh, this secret society basically to the rest of the community. And there has been so much uh, just anger. If you go to the city of heroes subreddit today, it's just, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's man, it like, it's something like, this is one of the most bizarre stories that I, that not just in gaming, but like, just in general that I've read in a long time. Um, it's, <laughs> it's really surprising to me how this was able to be kept secret, how yeah. th th these people, like, ca they, they kept uh, members of the community who were, like, invited were kept in these, like, very close circles. They talked about how they had people sign NDAs so they couldn't, like, divulge information. Um, I oh, think wow. I, I think the article in the investigation when they really got into it it kind of revealed that they weren't actually ndas like in a legal sense but it was still kind of that same Respect. like direction of like uh don't talk about this we have agreed to like not talk about this um and this just very exclusive kind of like scummy if you if you like actually talked about it kind of thing sure and and another thing that was brought up was this insinuation that perhaps the uh the the team it's called score uh which stands for the secret cable of reverse engineers or secret cabal of reverse engineers they had uh somehow set up this private server based on the game's like actual source code and kept it really secret um one of the insinuations was that perhaps they had people's personal information from the game before it was shut down which they have denied um but just like raising the idea of they have somehow gotten their hands on the source code and they have this uh setup that has been kept secret from the rest of the community it's just raised a lot of questions and it's raised a lot of anger and it was a really interesting uh read it was um originally reported on uh massively overpowered 
and there has since been a YouTube video up uh, from the guy who leaked the information, just kind of going through his side of it and why he leaked the information and what he thinks of the situation and all that. All these people learning that this game that they have been missing for six years and some of them claiming that like saying some emotional things i think probably about like you know this is a game that i've thought about every day this is a game that i like have been wanting to come back to for the past six years and now to learn that it has been existing in some capacity in in a secret form and that they've been excluded from it has just really gotten a lot of people riled up and this article ends with um a really insane quote where a Reddit user says, just today, this was the other day, just today the Cathedral of Notre Dame burned. We lost close to a millennium of cultural history, art, and architecture. It's a tragedy that should never happen. A tragedy that wouldn't happen if we were able to freely copy and distribute Notre Dame cathedrals as easily as code. Please do not let City of Heroes become another Notre Dame. Oh, wow. It's <laughs> uh, interesting. So... That's part of why I thought this story was so interesting, and I thought it was just so wacky, but I I also completely understand where all of these people are coming from, and I think... No, yeah. It's just I a mean, really weird situation to kind of dissect. I mean, obviously, both of us are very passionate about video games. It's, I mean, Absolutely. We wouldn't have this podcast if we weren't. I actually hate video games, I just want to clarify. No, I'm just kidding. Getting mixed um, signals. I know. Um, but, like, I used to play, uh, I'd still, I'd still say I play it, but, um, Rainbow Six, mm -hmm. uh, Siege, to, to be specific. Um, Rainbow Six Siege came out in 2015, I think? Um, like, December 2015 or something, and I've had it since then. Um, this is the first game that I've consistently played, like, I could say, like, every day since then. Um... I mean, obviously, it's not an MMO, it's, you know, it is a multiplayer game, but it's not an MMO, it's a competitive shooter. That's a completely different thing, but in the sense of, like, a game that you've invested a lot of time in and you think about every day, I could say that that used to be one of the games that I have um, done that for, and I'd say I'm passionate about it. Like, I, you know, there's a lot of gripes I have with the game, obviously, but it, um, I'm sure ev everyone has gripes about games that they play every day for the past couple of years like um that just kind of comes with the game you're playing like but um if for example like obviously it's not a secret community or anything but like it, if it were to just get like shut down and out of nowhere um after playing this game for a set amount of years like i would be really upset about that because i've devoted all this time i've devoted all this money into it and it's just like it's just gone now, you know, and I can never play it again. Yeah, but... that's the interesting aspect of a lot of these games, like MMOs and multiplayer experiences, uh, because they, essentially, when the servers are taken offline, the game itself is completely obliterated. There's no functionality left for it whatsoever. Exactly. Um, I mean, like, maybe the assets still exist, but, like, the the core of the game does no longer exist when these servers get taken offline no they don't and it's um what was the what was another game like eve online i think that's what it was eve online is still up and running yeah uh no that's not like i don't see that game in shutting down anytime soon but um 
wasn't there a whole like scandal with um some like governor <laughs> or something that <laughs> there, played well, it? There's a lot of crazy stories uh, about just things, just wacky things that have happened in Eve Online. Um, oh. There's a whole book, Empires of Eve, that's just about crazy tales from within Eve Online. And there was a uh, there's a, a a a real life lobbyist who has been talked about uh, a, a politician who um, yes was also an Eve Online player, um, and he was like giving like insight to other factions or something, right? Yeah, it was like he was kind of doing his day to day like politician job in the multiplayer online world of Eve Online as well. That's so yeah, um, but. It's just so weird, like, um, Eve is an MMO, so I could, we could, we could talk about that, but, um, what was interesting, like, when I was hearing about this story is, like, so this guy and people who play Eve devote literally, hun like, hundreds of thousands of hours in this game, uh -huh. and when something like this happens, it's, like, um, I don't know, it's just interesting because, like, for example, City of Heroes, for example, you know, any MMO, like, um, if something bad happens to your account, it's like, it's, you're just, I don't know, it just feels like your life has been wasted almost, essentially, right? Yeah, it's, it's like, like a very precarious existence. Yeah. It, it doesn't feel like it's something that is necessarily uh, secure. Yeah, exactly. And, I don't know, I just think it's... Just that whole situation, like, corruption happening within virtual worlds in with real-life people is, I don't know, it's kind of interesting, especially amongst, like, huge groups of people, because, you know, even if it's just, like, virtual whatever, you're still de dealing with other human beings, and, and I don't know, maybe maybe he's right. done stuff, stuff like that in real oh, life. Oh, we're, we're talking about the EVE Online yeah the the politician dude yeah uh, so i mean we, we, what had happened was he was he was banned from the game because he was using his uh status as eve online's uh he he was on the council of stellar management which i'm not familiar with the game but that just sounds <laughs> neither am i and then he had been sharing uh proprietary information in order to conduct illicit in-game transactions and this is what apparently had gotten him banned and then this became a news story because it was seen as kind of this, like, funny parallel to the real world in which we see a lot of politicians as as corrupt because of all the stories we hear about what goes on behind closed doors in Washington. And so th this was kind of a, just one of those, like, off-the-cuff stories that had yeah, popped that... <laughs> up the other week about, like, yeah, this, this real-life politician was banned from this online game for doing, like, corrupt politician stuff in the game. You know, that makes me think a lot, though. It's like, aside from the corrupt politician stuff, how the fuck do you get into a game like that? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, this is I like, have no idea. Yeah. Because like, EVE Online, what I understand is it's a lot of economical stuff, it's a lot of spreadsheets, and it's a lot of uh, abstractness. So, like, you can read about all these, like, space battles and stuff, and... Uh, incidents and uh, thefts and stuff like that that goes down in this game, but I, it, and in my mind, I'm just like I'm reading these stories, and you know, I as you do, I'm envisioning them happening like they would happen in a movie where you would see 
these battles take place with explosions and ships crashing and stuff. And I don't think that's how the game graphically portrays these things. I think it's more of numbers and columns. Yeah. What, how is, how, yeah, how, what does, what is EVE Online? Like, what's the gameplay like? Is it just That like, is a good question. I don't know the answer. Uh, like, what is the right now, like? How I you don't explain know it, it, what is EVE Online. I, I, what I know is it's a huge, like, simulation of a galaxy where people exist and they can buy ships and they can trade and they can have guilds, they can have factions, they can do things i don't i i don't know it's because it's the so way you, strange the way you portrayed it, it sounds like a microsoft excel sheet <laughs> it just does not sound fucking fun that's my like, understanding of what it is <laughs> it's just like it's this place where you can you can conduct business and you can try to pull off heists and uh engage in space battles and stuff you can build i know people one one of the one of the more recent stories i've i've heard that made waves from Eve Online was these people building this massive like Death Star like structure. I I don't really the whole idea of Eve Online is so abstract to me, and it's just so cool to read all of these stories about what's going on in the game. And at the same yeah. time, I have no idea how this game functions or what it really looks like. I like to think it's like Star Citizen, like how that game is. Or is, is Star Citizen a thing right now? Is can you play Star Citizen Star right Citizen now? Star Citizen is in some sort of weird exclusive early access for people who have like pledged absurd amounts of money to the game. Oh god. And it has like the likeness of like every actor ever. <laughs> yeah, in its campaign mode or whatever. Like I saw I, um off topic. I saw like um advertisements on like gaming outlets and stuff and it like looked really cool at the same time it's like this isn't a game you just buy for sixty dollars this is a game you devote like hundreds of dollars to up front to, and even play it and even if your pc could run it <laughs> but anyways um yeah um just i just like to imagine like you're explaining eve online to somebody like yeah you pull up heists oh yeah you do all these crazy stuff like i built this death star with my buddies and we just created this entire faction, and then, like, um, this guy that you're telling it to is, like, getting super hyped about it, and then he pulls up the game, buys it, and it's just a Microsoft Excel sheet. <laughs> it definitely has graphical representations of a oh, bunch yeah, of things, no. but it's it's but, definitely not, like, it's not like No Man's Sky, where you would fly a ship around. It's more like you, you would see a representation of whatever uh tasks you're conducting i i don't know i'll never get into eve online but i will always continue to read crazy stories about eve online <laughs> so just like envisioning that someone telling me about it and then i'm just getting like immense disappointment so um yeah uh city of heroes was a game that i actually had a copy of because this was back when i didn't have any access to like information like i said i didn't have really internet so I didn't really have any access to knowledge as far as like what games are. I, it was more like I would see box art in a store and I would say this game looks cool. Let's get it. So I had gotten a copy of City of Heroes and once and I thought it looked cool. Like I liked superheroes. I was really into like the Justice League animated series and I really thought uh I just enjoyed superhero type stuff and I had really thought this game looked 
like something I would be interested in. And so I took it home and it turned out you needed to be online to play it. And so it just kind of sat on my bookshelf forever. And then the game got shut down in 2012. So I was this, I, this kid who had I, a copy of City of Heroes, but I never once touched it. Aw. Man, imagine getting like so hyped about this like superhero game and just not being able to play it. That sucks, dude. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like me. Aw, oh, man. I feel you, dude. I feel you. Just gotta play some Sonic. Just kidding. <laughs> but, yeah. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Speaking of that, I was the, uh there's that DC um, MMO. DC comic MMO. There is? Yeah. Oh, is it? yeah. Is it like DC what? Heroes online I think or so. something? DC Universe online? Let me see. DC Universe... I, yeah, I think that's kind of like the modern day successor to City of Heroes. But I think the char- I think what the charm of City of Heroes was and why there's still like such a attached community to it was because it was like its own original world that had its own like original uh yeah, superhero type characters in much in the vein of like DC or Marvel comics, but kind of their own quirkiness and their own original world and that's I think why a lot of these people miss it. Um, oh yeah, definitely. Cause like, I don't know. It, I feel like it would be a lot different to have your own superhero rather than have a this mu- mutated, weird looking superhero alongside Batman and Superman <laughs> stuff. Right, and then of course, so I it, mean, there's the aspect of like uh, all of these people had they had made probably they made some friends online uh, in City of Heroes, and they had guilds and stuff, and it was just like we were talking about earlier. MMOs in general are these spaces. For where a lot of people uh, live and invest a lot of time in, and so when they get shut down, it's just really devastating to a lot of people. And then this case of City of Heroes and this news of a secret exclusive server that about two or three thousand people, I think, have been playing in for the past six years. It was just like a huge slap in the face to the entire City of Heroes community to learn of its existence and to a lot of people were saying like they felt like they had they were reliving the death of City of Heroes all over again six years later. Jeez. Sounds crazy, honestly. <laughs> Alright. I think that's all we have for the podcast today. You don't want to uh, talk about Game of Thrones? No, I don't we, we, are we doing I'm just kidding. We, we can like dedicate a whole I know. <laughs> Wait, no, here's an existential question. Not existential, but like question that's been lingering. How does Bran get around Winterfell? Does, what? He's got his little wheelchair. Yeah, but like, how does he just get around? Does someone push him? Does someone like? Because he's just—he seems like he's like everywhere. But well, like, someone's there's no, gotta push does him, it have, right? Like, does does Winterfell have like ramps, like wheelchair ramps there? I mean, like, I wouldn't imagine so, but like, did, like, if he wants to go up the stairs, does someone have to like pick his whole <laughs> wheelchair up? Like, I. This is just an, a lingering question that I've had for a while. Well, before it wasn't such a big question because, like, he would just kind of ride around on Hodor's back. Yeah, and but now he's sometimes he big ass back wheelchair. Now it's just like I, yeah, I don't know. I hadn't really thought about that. It's probably one of those things like how TV shows don't show people like going to the bathroom. Just you don't, you don't think about it because it doesn't matter. It's still kind of funny, though, to think that he's just like kind of like getting wheeled around by like random people. I don't know. Who well, would uh, wheel him around, though? 
I, that's like a, whose job like, is that? It's not like it's like John's job or anything. Um, uh, no, that no, that is a big question. I lied. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, hopefully, it goes super in depth on how he gets around Winterfell in the next episode. The important questions. Right. I'm just waiting for like something to actually happen since there's only five episodes left. <laughs> I know, right? Anyway. George Lucas. <laughs> um, George Lucas. Yeah, I got clickbaited because a headline said George Lucas directed part of the episode and it turned out he just like, if you watch the behind the scenes video, he just kind of like sat there and made jokes. Anyway, um, not important. <laughs> Uh, that's our episode of Hit Point Pals for today. Um, we're on Twitter at Hit Point Pals. Caleb, you're on Twitter somewhere. Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Caleb Warwick, and you can also follow me on Twitter at uh, Yeti the Meat. Um, you can follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash Yeti the Human, and you could also follow me on Instagram at um, instagram.com forward slash Yeti the Meme. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at AdoboMade. You can find me on the internet at TravisLean.com. Uh, we will be back at an unknown date for the next episode. <laughs> um, but that, yeah, that's what we've got. That's, that's, that is all that I had for today. Uh, Caleb, do you have anything that we can wrap this up with? Um... I, I gotta come up with something fresh, something new. Um, don't. Uh, Can we do play... something? Wait, 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 hang on. All your <laughs> any statements are usually like incredibly uh, negative in the sense of like don't don't do this. Like negative affirmation. Can we get something okay, that's okay. a positive affirmation? Let's, let's get let's get a positive one. Um, ace that test that you're planning on taking in the future if you take a test. Cool. Yeah. I I feel like that could have been kept to like ace that test, and then uh, they just kind uh, of rambled on. Uh, don't. Oh, dang it. Never mind. <laughs> ace that test. <laughs> All right. All right. We'll See you guys. I still think it's fucking hilarious that they just had Elmo in that. I just like was not expecting that at all. Yeah, what's going on? I don't understand. Who is the uh, who is the target audience for those like? They're they're like be what was it? Be respectful. Have respect. Respect yeah. each other. Like those are. I feel like those are very like kid centric messages. But like, I mean, do you know why kids watch a Game of Thrones? Right, but also Unless you it, don't care. I, I'm really curious like what the genesis of this idea is because I think it also comes at like a time when people pretty much the only thing people can agree on is that there's a lot of division in the country politically. 
and you sometimes get this weird ideology of like we need to show respect for the people who have these crazy like right wing far right ideologies but we need to respect them because it's their opinion or whatever i think it's more just like respect everybody in general i don't think i don't think right, it's like but crazy where does deep. the formulation of that like campaign yeah that, i don't know it's weird i mean to be fair if you have like uh I don't know. I'm not necessarily going to respect people with like really crazy ideologies. Right. Oh my god. And oh my goodness. I'm finding a boss in Bloodborne right now. I'm just waiting for the email to get ready. Turn into a, a werewolf. What the fuck? Weird. Anyways, um, yeah, I don't know where that. Yeah, that's so weird. But I mean, I guess like a lot of people like grew up with Sesame Street in general. So I mean, you could say it's targeted to the people that used to watch Sesame Street, essentially. Mm -hmm. But now they're into like more mature shows like Game of Thrones. I mean, I guess but Sesame Street has been around f for a really long time. Oh yeah, it's been a long, around for a long time. I don't think Elmo has though. It's been around since, what, the 70s? Pretty sure. Yeah, but like I said, I don't think Elmo has been around for that long, though, which is also kind of weird. Wait, are you saying Elmo was, like, not part of the original cast of Sesame Street? I don't think he was. Do you think that when uh, he was added, there was, like, any sort of controversy? Uh, possibly, I could see. Do you think there was were, like... Sesame Street, like, diehard, like, original <laughs> cast truthers or something, and they were just, like, upset on, <laughs> like, about the addition of a new cast member. I could see that. Yeah, there's, there's weirdos everywhere. <laughs> yeah, he, he came out, um, so the show started in, like, 1979, and he was originally designed as a generic background monster, and he performed... <laughs> And, is, and, and it's performed by Kevin Clash until 2012. It is now performed by Ryan Dillon. This particular Emma puppet was created about 1984. So he only came out a little bit after the original Sesame Street. Wasn't there some sort of controversy or... Maybe controversy is the wrong word. What, did something happen to the actor who like played Elmo? Did he get himself arrested or something? I think you're thinking of... Barney, the dinosaur. Really? Yeah, because I'm pretty sure Barney. Uh, no, dinosaur. no. Okay, Kevin Clash, the actor who who portrayed Elmo, he has a section on his Wikipedia page called "Abuse Allegations and Resignation." Oh, okay. Um. Uh, why is there all these allegations with fucking puppet? Because the the one thing I was thinking of was Barney. Because like Barney, like he had a whole stick with like the the guy that was him. It's like it's like cocaine and stuff. Like oh. former Barney, the dinosaur actor, now works at a controversial tantric sex guru. <laughs> that I don't know what that sentence means, but it sounds really badass. Um. 
Uh, let's see. Fact check. Let's check that out. Purple Dinosaur's children host Barney had cocaine hidden in his tail and cussed out a child. Uh, that's false. Okay. That sounds like clickbait. Yeah, it was clickbait, which I kind of figured because that just sounds like something that like a kid would tell you, like, yeah, dude, Barney, yeah, he's got cocaine in his tail. Like, there's always those ones, like the whole Marilyn Manson and his ribs thing. Also, the formulation of that sentence is just incorrect or just like really backwards. Yeah. Like, why would you lead with had cocaine in his tail and then go to and cussed at a child? Like, one of those. Yeah, I know. It's like massively worse than the other and it's not the second one in the sentence like oh teacher fucking cuss at you who cares like okay actor who played barney the dinosaur now works at tantric sex now works as a tantric sex therapist i don't know what the first word means tantric it means relating to or involving the doctrines or principles of the Hindu or Buddhist tantras. Oh, okay. In oh, particular, okay. Yeah. In particular, the use of mantras, meditation, yoga, and ritual. Right. Wow, this guy's just a straight up seducer. So he's, he's like a sex like spiritualist? Yes. <laughs> wow. What a change. Um, Wait, why were so? Why were we talking about Barney? Did something bad happen to this guy, or did he do something? No, bad? it was it was the the whole um, cocaine thing in general that I I thought of off the top of my head. Did he do cocaine? No, 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 no. That was just oh, a, this was all just like misinformation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what I thought of because like when you said something about like controversy with like right a puppet, that's like the first thing that I thought of. But nope. I mean, Elmo's character, Kevin Clash. Very red puppet said in the statement sexual relationship with him when he was a second man. Clash had a sexual. Oh, damn. Ooh, that's not good. Oh, man. Imagine being Elmo. Um, wait, like a manifestation of the puppet? Yeah, and then or like the that. person who plays the puppet. Both. 